Welcome back to another episode of the Business of Fitness Podcast. I'm Jason Klepa, and on today's episode, we have Lacey and Brendan from the Iron and Mortar Summit. Now, I got connected to them because of the summit, but it was a lot more than that. We dive into Brendan's business. We also dive into Lacey's business and what she's been doing in the past about team building, creating synergies. It was really insightful information for gym owners, and I truly hope you appreciate it as much as I did. Now, if you're interested in their summit, takes place in Portland, Oregon. There's a lot of really great speakers. I'm one of them. If you'd like to enter a free trip, okay, to go ahead and check it out, visit Iron and Mortar Summit, theironandmortarsummit.com backslash Jason, and just go ahead and put your information in there and you get entered to win. It's kind of a cool option they threw out. Now guys, take a listen to this podcast. Let's dive into it. Let's really enjoy the experience. And I hope all of you have a phenomenal day. Please rate, review, share, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Let's go. All right, so here we are. We are at NCFIS, our Campbell location. And I am with Lacey and Brendan from the Iron and Mortar Summit and Gym, right? Yep. I was super intrigued to talk to Lacey and Brendan about, um, particularly about this summit and what it is and how it's helpful, but also about Lacey's background in terms of leadership, team development, things of that nature. And I think that she has some insight coming from outside the CrossFit space that she then brought to the CrossFit space. And then my questions that'll be pertaining to Brendan are you know, what got you to start a gym after you had already had a summit? That's super interesting to me. And so I guess I'm going to start with you, Lacey. Like if you're a gym owner out there and you've now had a couple hundred come through your guys' summit, right? Mm-hmm. So you've met quite a few gym owners. Yes. And for anybody listening out there, we talk about, um, you know, teams and leadership and, and, and camaraderie and communication and all these things are so important. I think the bigger your team gets, the more important it becomes at a small scale when it's just like you and a coach, it's not that big of a deal. But as soon as you get three, four, seven coaches, you need to be moving together in lockstep. So what type of things, I know you used to be in the um, nonprofit sector before you got into um, managing the iron and mortar kind of summit and Mm -hmm. gym. What type of things have you seen successful for an organization that could blend itself from nonprofits over to these CrossFit space? I'm really curious, tangible items for owners to pick up on. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, the work that I was in, the, the people that were delivering the frontline services were exceptionally passionate, very much like coaches, yeah. exceptionally passionate about the work and about what they were doing and just had a fire in their belly to help people change their lives. And it was really critical to be able to, you didn't want to put that fire out but you had to direct it or it was going to just go wild um, and turn into a wildfire and be just, and what we, what I really focused on was getting my teams on the same page to meet the outcomes that they needed to meet to best serve these individuals. And so learning to communicate mission, vision, and goal over and over and over again was critical. So I would always iterate with with my people, we would have team meetings every single week, rain or shine. Uh, oftentimes uh, dragging themselves in. Why do we have to have this meeting? We would do it no matter what, every single week to check in and make sure that everybody was on the same page. And they would often open with just a check-in around the table with how's everybody doing? How is your week going? What are some challenges you've had? And then also a time to, um, 
offer appreciations to the people that you're working with to stay connected to them. Yeah. What are you, what do I appreciate about you this week? So we let's say give an appreciation to the person to your left and get that check-in, building that sense of team, rallying behind purpose, and then running through the items. And how I would say my I really know when my people are on board with mission vision and I'm tying it back hundred percent to what we're doing all the time is when they would start like making fun of me for it because they could hear it coming before I would say it. And so that's when I knew I'm like, oh, they've really got it now. Like they're taking home what we're doing, why we're doing it. And so really just logistical check-ins were critical. And another really key piece were performance evaluations and still are with gym owners. This is yeah, critical. For sure. Performance evaluations that are tied to your core values. So, okay. So, so let's pause there for a second. So you're having this weekly meeting right. and you're going over your mission, vision, core values. And I think most owners are aware of it. Some of them probably don't have it, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. They need to get it because right. they need to know if they don't know what their mission, their vision and their values are, how can their team expect to be on that same page? Right. Um, and then you're coming together on a weekly basis to reinfor- reinforce these, mm-hmm. collaborate. And now you're talking about these performance evaluations and how they align back with that. So yes. what type of tools were you using for these performance evaluations and how often are they happening? Cause at our gym, we do quarterly like formal mm-hmm. performance evaluations, but then we do like on a regular basis, we do more coaching evaluations just on the floor kind of, Hey, this is what I saw and just wrote it up. Yeah. What do you recommend based on what you saw from those performance evaluations? What type of structure did you see most successful for those particular things? The most successful performance evaluations are ones that you check back in on a quarterly basis that are built around goals. So you would do the the initial performance evaluation and how are things going around core values and you'd evaluate around that. So whatever your core values are, how are people playing that out and and rating it on a scale, but it's also um, quite a big description of what does it look like to hit a core value and what does it look like when you're not hitting a core value and where does a person fall on that scale and of the company. So let's yes. just say one of the core values of the company was, um, uh, gratitude. Great. Or, yeah. Right. Yeah. Gratitude. So would you say, okay, on this scale of one to 10, I'm ranking you based on my observations in this particular core value, you're here here's, how does that go? I mean, cause how do you, how do you quantify gratitude? How do you, how do you measure that? It's very squishy. <laughs> and so that's squishy is uh, a good term. <laughs> She'll do that often. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the, the critical things is that you have the same person evaluating the same people consistently. Ah, yeah, yeah. So you need to have that in place. And also you have a really solid definition of what does gratitude mean to my company? So what does it look like when someone is functioning with gratitude? Does that mean that they, they don't complain? They, if they have something that they don't like working, they bring it with a solution when they present it or a present, present a solution, a possibility along with it. Does it look like people that are, um, just happy to be at work. What does gratitude look like? And then what does it not look like? What does it look like when someone's not, isn't filled with gratitude, isn't interacting with members. And so you give a quick definition of what does that mean to you as the owner? What does that mean? What does that core value look like? And then you are having these regular discussions about it, right? So it's not just, oh, once a year, surprise, what's gratitude? Is this a quarterly thing that you'd recommend? Yeah, I would recommend that you have the big intense evaluation that's like an hour long process right, 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 right. that would be like once or twice a year, but then you're setting goals with your people that you're checking back with quarterly. 
how are they doing around these goals? So if they have deficits in any of the areas, so you, you do core values and then you also just do regular performance metrics. Of course. And so if they're having deficits in any of these areas, you're setting concrete goals of things you want to see improve. And then you're coming back at least quarterly and checking in with how it's going with a formal, like we're going to sit down and talk for 20 minutes about where your goals are at. Okay. So like, let's just say on, you know, biannually or annually you're doing, um, this is the performance evaluation. And then on these quarterly check-ins. So if the, if the more structured one is an hour long and maybe it's in a meeting setting, it's mm-hmm. a little bit, would you say then on the quarterly ones, is that like going out to coffee or is that still going to be written, um, format? What, what, what have you found? I mean, is it more lax versus like, cause it, I mean, that makes a big difference, right? If you're in an office versus in a coffee shop, pen and paper versus not, I mean, what have you seen work for there? What works is what you're going to do consistently. Yeah. You're not going to do anything consistently. Don't start it. Right. Because then it becomes a morale killer. So if you're, so I say pick what you know you're going to carry out consistently. That's the most important thing. Um, if you're not a real techie person, do it on pen and paper. If you're not going to have it, something that you're typing in. But as far as I absolutely understand the question of like, how formal is this? Um, my recommendation is, yeah, you want to write down how things are going, but it could be a conversation in a coffee shop where you pull out the file and then right. you're just making notes informally about how it's going and checking in low stress, low pressure. However, if you have someone that's having a significant performance issue, that might not be the right setting. Right. You right. might need to have it in a space where, um, you can have a more intense conversation if you need to. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a really cool takeaway so far. So, so far in this conversation, what I'm picking up and I think for gym owners listening is, you know, if you're not doing regular performance evaluations in some way, shape and form, shape or form with your team, you're missing out on something and it needs to be a habit. Like you're saying, it needs to be something you're doing regularly. And one of the reasons why I think that's so important. And for a lot of years, we didn't do that at our business. And it was challenging because I was off doing all these different things and, people want guidance and direction and they want to know if they're on the right trajectory or they want to know if they need to make corrections. And I think that, um, you owe it to your team to have these reviews. So you never surprise them. What would happen to me sometimes is that I wouldn't be in a location off that I'd go in, I'd say something, I'd leave. And one of my mentors one time told me I was seagull managing, right? So I came in, I shit on people's parade mm-hmm. and then I left. But these performance evaluations are really important because what it does, it kind of creates this level of care and trust yep. and that you're trying to work together versus some dude or lady, whoever coming in kind of crushing. Right. So uh, that's really, really helpful. And I think for any owner listening, they could definitely pick up on that pen to paper, writing it down. So you have something to relate back to, I think is really great. Yes. Um, what, what other, you know, kind of, I want to come back to that, but let me actually, let me finish the thought here. So on the team development perspective and leadership, um, obviously the performance evaluations are important core values. What other item would you say you've seen from being in this space now for a little bit in the CrossFit mm-hmm. space that you think is just low hanging fruit from a organizational perspective for gym owners? I think I touched on it a little bit, but low hanging fruit, get your team together once a week touch base with your team. It's so easy to get distracted with everything that's happening that that meeting gets pushed and pushed and pushed. And then all of a sudden you've got three people that don't know what's going on next week. Somebody, you've got coaches giving different messages on the floor about what's happening. You can have pricing discrepancy communication. It really is critical. And we think, oh, we could cover that in an email. Well, 
how many people read their emails that thoroughly. And you need to know that you've done everything you can to communicate to your team what's critical and what's important. That's your responsibility. Well, that's really, that's a really good takeaway. I think that's a great takeaway. And I think we've gotten better as an organization in doing that. And especially as you grow, you need to. And just emails oftentimes don't cut it, right? Getting people together. You could also pick up on body languages and different Mm -hmm. things and really clearly say, hey, are you sure you're on board with this? And then they might say, actually, you know, I have this concern, but then it doesn't build up a bunch of um, mixed messaging, right? right? Very, very cool. So guys, get your team together. Make sure you're utilizing performance evaluations, super low-hanging fruit. Let's let's shift gears for, for a second. So Brendan, you, um, you guys are both uh, co-founders of the Iron and Mortar Summit. Yep. And can you tell me a little bit more about what is the summit to summarize? And then I want to get into how it got started. Um, and the shortest summary possible, it's a platform for collaboration. Uh, we are bringing in a, a wide variety of different speakers within the fitness industry and then some on the outside, actually, uh, to come in and to, to talk about different business practices and how you know they've gone forward and they've already built their businesses and things that they could help us with. Um, it started out of the the sure fact that we knew enough that we didn't know a lot. And when I had a, attended one of Lacey's uh, hiring seminars on how to hire an employee, I thought that this needed to be done bigger. And so we sat down, we talked about it, and we got the idea of, well, why don't we bring in you know the big dogs, the people who really have been doing this well within the CrossFit industry, and get them around and, and hear what they have to say. I think we could all learn something from, you know, people like yourself and everybody else that's going to be at the the summit this year. Okay. And so you, you met Lacey, you went to one of her hiring events, right? He was my coach. He, he was your, oh, cause he was one of your CrossFit coaches at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so you were coaching CrossFit at the time and you, you, so you, you kind of went backwards. So you do a, a iron and mortar summit mm-hmm. because you got inspired by Lacey you guys do that. And then you decide to open up a gym. But one of the things I thought was really interesting earlier is I said, Hey, how's your gym going? And I'd say 90% of time gym owners say it's going well, but in your particular case, you seemed like you're like, yeah, it's going well mm-hmm. because, because, um, you know, you had the earned confidence from, you had gone to these summits, you had talked to so many quote mentors, leaders in the space. And so you were able to learn from some of their mistakes and pick up on it. And so would you say that starting your gym off after already kind of connecting with all these other gym owners kind of put you, I mean, how far ahead do you think that put you? We learned really quickly that, uh, we didn't want to trade memberships for any coaching staff. We didn't want to do any cleaning, bartering or anything like that. I call like them bro deals yeah. and they always come to bite you in the ass. That was uh, a big one for us. And then also how we had started, uh, our new clients and stuff, our fundamental program, we got a really good head start on that. That actually financially put us in a much better starting position than what it would uh, if we did just, you know, come on in, try it out for free, kind of a startup. Um, different ways to go about it for everybody, but that was one thing that we took and it gave us a really good start for our gym. Excellent, excellent, excellent. So, you know, before starting your gym, maybe for someone out there who's listening right now who is debating about starting a gym or currently has one, what were like some major factors that you took into consideration when identifying a space as an example? Mm. Mm. Major factors on a space. Well, in our area, there's a lot of different gyms that do, uh, you know, like traditional warehouses and stuff, and it works out very well. And I know a lot of successful gyms that do that. Uh, we wanted to swing on the other side. So we went straight for a nice retail storefront spot. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't a very big spot, but it was what we could afford at the time. And 
you know, we're to the point right now we're outgrowing it, which is a good problem, but it was something that we wanted to do differently. We wanted the heating and the air conditioning. We wanted to clean our gym every day. Uh, those things really matter to us to where when we have somebody new who's walking down the road and they see our gym, they walk in, we're there. So we're open pretty much all day. We don't just open up to coach a class and then close down after we're there and we have a, a small break during the day, but that helped us a lot. Yeah. I think, I think you're, you're alluding to two things. First off, the industry has just shifted so much. I mean, I've watched it. Um, you know, I've been in this now 11 years and, and back in the day, you know, a warehouse gym was okay, but now because of the additional competition, whether it's the orange theories, the F45s or it's the other CrossFit gyms that, you know, over time things progress. But I think you're, you know, the, the retail is a, obviously a, a great topic of conversation because of zoning and different issues. But I also think what was really intriguing, what you just said was um, being open. And I think that, you know, I travel around the world and I'll call these different CrossFit gyms. And most of the times people don't answer their phones and they don't answer their emails within however long. And that's low hanging fruit, mm-hmm. right? If someone calls you, they want to be your customer, pick up the phone. And if you don't have some, you know, if you're coaching, that's fine. But then you need to go ahead and have somebody who's working the front desk, whatever it may be to, to be able to pick that up because that's a new lead. And just being open, I think is a big factor because you never know who's going to walk through the doors. Our gym's open from 5 a.m. to 8 p.m., right? Mm-hmm. And we have a coach on staff. That's also a good way to build in trajectory for your team where they can get some hourly pay for, for you know, non-coaching hours right. to kind of build some stability there. And so, you know, as you guys have kind of connected on the um, Iron and Mortar Summit, you know, Brendan's over here kind of more on the, uh, the gym side, right? Mm-hmm. And at least you're coming in more on like this kind of overarching, uh, summit side. Right. So from, for, in your perspective, kind of switching it up as a gym owner out there right now, what do you see is, um, additional kind of quote, low hanging fruit that you see in the industry across the board, right? That you've just been hearing from talking to a bunch of different gym owners, what kind of problems are they having and what would, what could, what could be a solution? I'm just curious. Good question. Everybody's, you know, always looking for, well, first of all, paying attention to what your average client value is. What's your ACV? Um, if you can't answer that question, figure it out. Figure yeah, out, are, you talking about, are you talking about lifetime value or are you talking about on a monthly basis? Monthly basis and yep. lifetime value. And lifetime value. Figure yeah. out both. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, what's, what's making that up? And the ones that are high, why are they high? Mm. Why are those clients high? What, what's making the difference? And then mm. using them as case studies to then say, okay, this is what's working well for these members. What is their avatar? Who are they? And going after more of those people. Huh. Okay. And so when we're talking about just, just curious, when you're talking about your average lifetime value of a member, what, I could assume why I think that's important. Why is that important to you? Well, it's going to teach you a lot of things. Yeah. It's going to teach you about who, well, first of all, reiterating why you need to be there and pick up your phone and be present. Right. Because that's how many thousands of dollars that just walked out the door because, or walked away from the door because it was locked. Yeah. So that, that's exactly what I wanted you to say. I mean, here's the thing, guys, if you're a gym owner out there right now and you don't know your average lifetime value of a member is, let's just say it's $2,000, right? Um, so let's just take, I don't know, one of our gyms. If someone signs up, I know on average they're going to stay, let's just say 15 months, right? So you're talking, you know, over $2,000 easy, probably $3,000. So that means that if I have to spend a hundred to get 3000 of course I'm going to do that. 
And so something people need to think about is if you're not answering your phones, well, you're potentially missing out on thousands and thousands of dollars. But if you didn't realize that number, that's a problem, right? Mm -hmm. And something else I think you're alluding to, correct me if I'm wrong, but are you talking about like retail sales? You're talking about the overall um, like buy-in that these members have to your business. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Very, very cool. And, and, And I think what's important there is that you have this community that already loves you. How do you make them buy in, you know, you're buying in even more, right? Right. By getting involved in these other things you're doing. Right. Right. Retail is, I mean, when people buy your gear, it's not usually because you're an amazing clothing designer. Right. (laughs) Right. They're buying it because they love you and they love this community that they're a part of and they want to feel part of the team. And for some people, it's the first time in their life they've been part of an athletic site type of team ever. And it's really exciting. And so it's, it's looking at those people that are really buying in. You can learn who are they and how do I go get more of them? How do I get their friends in the door? And what are we doing that's communicating to meet their needs? Like how, how, what's happening, really digging into that and using that as an opportunity to learn how to do what you do better and more of it that's working. Do more of it. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And, and, and so Brennan, when you, you know, you and I were talking about earlier, we we're talking about programming, we we're talking about time that you spend doing different types of things. Right. Mm-hmm. And now you utilize our session plans and our programming and yeah, is this a plug for it? Yeah, of course. Like I think everybody should be using our NC fit collective session plans and programming. I believe it's going to save you a ton of time to go do other stuff. Right. I mean, whether you're spending a hundred or 200 bucks a month on our programming, depending on how many coaches you have, imagine the amount of time it frees you up. And so like for you on a regular basis as the owner of the business, what types of things are you thinking about? Like from a time management perspective, like where do you see your biggest return on your investment? Is it programming or is it other stuff? I'm, and I'm seriously, I mean, obviously you use our programming, so you probably don't see much return for your time doing that. Right. It's right now. So my wife and I, Ashley, she's a real boss. Just to clarify. I get to do the fun stuff. Same with me. (laughs) Um, she, she helps me a lot with a lot of these different things. And, We've been putting a big focus on trying to get the right people in the right seats lately. That's been more so our uh, our goal for going into year two for our gym business. Um, that right there has already had a way bigger return than me sitting down to do an extra, you know, 45 minutes of extra programming. We just started using the collective and it's had a lot of great different ideas and different programming twists. And it gets me out of, you know... Uh, a rut of programming. Yeah, uh, We do a lot of individual design for people. So if somebody has a little bit more specific needs, we can go to that direction. But for you know the majority of people, they want to come in, they want to have a good time, get a good workout in. And I like being able to look at what other people are doing yeah. and seeing, you know, you guys have how many people programming for it now? Oh, six full time. Six, six versus one of me. Yeah. Like, but, but I mean, I mean, on a, on a less plug level, right? Like where do you see as an owner, are you focused on growing the business? Mm-hmm. And I mean, is that what you're doing most of the time is out sales marketing or are you at a place where your business can't really retain, you know, get any more members? We, we've got it set up to where it's a little bit slower of an onboarding process. So uh, that's, yeah. that's kind of one of our, our chokeholds, if you will. Uh, we don't intentionally try and blast, you know, big marketing campaigns or anything like that, where people can come in by the twenties or thirties or anything like that. We don't do a lot of discounts. if really just a couple's discount. Um, so we don't try and plug that side. Uh, we plug quality. So my wife, she handles a lot of the marketing stuff. She does a lot of the videography and photography stuff. Uh, 
and that helps us on that front. But where I try and put my effort is into every client experience. When they come in through the door, I want to make sure it's that it's the best hour of their day, that they're getting treated well and with respect and that they know that they've got somebody that cares for their, their progress. And how many hours do you coach a week? Too many, too many, too many right now. And so, you know, something I think about a lot is as an owner, I like the idea of being the mayor, right? So as you guys can tell, we're at our gym right now. You haven't seen me coach a class, but what I like to do, and I will do it after this is go down just shake everybody's hand, be like, yo, what up? You know, how you guys doing? And be kind of be like that mayor and ambassador without actually being the coach on the floor. And I think over time, that should be a good goal for most owners is be able to step back as the actual like person making the drink and just kind of be the, 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 the person who's overarching. And what that does is it allows you to still be able to answer the phone, answer emails, but still engage the community. Um, so it sounds like, but that, I mean, that's your focus, right? It's just, yeah, that's so, definitely the goal of getting there. Yeah. We just got to find the right people to, uh, put on the floor. Yeah. And I think that's a big problem for a lot of owners that they're coaching too many hours. And so then they don't have a wife who's out there trying to grow their business for them. They're, they're trying to do both. And so what's your next step to get off the floor as much? We, we actually, uh, finalized our, uh, intern and coaching progress or progression, if you will. Uh, yeah. We've got a whole shadow intern progression that we, we just finalized about two months ago when we've got two people going through that right now, which is really motivating for me. So we have these people come in, they start off with uh, a number of hours uh, shadowing, and then they'll go into a little bit more of the actual assisting role and kind of getting to be uh, out there on the floor and interacting with people. That to me is going to be really nice when we get somebody in there to cover a few classes and then eventually have somebody to take over maybe the AM or PM shift and so on and so forth. And are, when they're assisting, are they getting paid? As soon as they're assisting, they are. Right. Yeah. That's uh, we want to make sure that if somebody's there, it's a, it, it's compensating them for their time because right. I'm going to expect something on the higher end of quality. This isn't just a come in kind of, you know, teach somebody kind of how to back squat or something like that. No, yeah. if I'm putting somebody on the floor as a coach, they're an extension of me. They're an extension of our brand and they need to make sure that they're up to speed. Yeah. And they should be compensated accordingly for that and, and vice versa. Right. Oh yeah. And, and so, you know, kind of pivoting out now, you know, you guys had reached out to me, I don't know, maybe six months ago or something about, um, the iron and mortar summit and it's coming up in June. Uh, I, I was excited about it because of your excitement. Like I, and I think that's something that anybody who's listening right now, the way I was engaged on it was because you guys seemed like you were doing it for the right reasons and you were excited and you're going to have good vibes and atmosphere there, which makes me kind of fired up about it. Um, and so what could people expect if you're a gym owner out there and you're maybe looking to get exposure to a network of people, you know, sometimes you feel like you're out on an Island by yourself and you want to come together. So what, what does the iron and mortar summit this year look like? Can you take us through it? Absolutely. Um, it is, an incredible two days. So it kicks off on Monday morning and you get to hear from Chris Spieler is actually going to open us up. Okay. Okay. And uh, he's going to really speak to the value of collaboration and why he finds it encouraging and necessary to be talking to other owners and figure out what they're, what they're doing and how they're doing it and what's working and even maybe being willing to say what's not working. Yeah. Um, and, then we've got James Fitzgerald, who's going to be coming in and speaking to the group about the art and necessity of defining success. What does success mean to you? 
not generally, but what does it mean in your business? Like the necessity of doing that. And then um, yourself, we're really excited to hear you take the floor and share with us about where you see the industry shifting and expanding to multiple locations. That's that's day one. That's quite a day, right? Yeah. So, well, what I like about day one, not to cut you off, is yeah. that you got Spieler coming in who has a single site location in Park City, Utah. Very unique site because transient. Uh, a lot of people are outdoors there. How does he thrive there, right? What has he done to diversify his offering? Then you have James Fitzgerald come in with OPEX, and he's been able to build a really awesome brand since 2007, winning the CrossFit Games. And what has that been like? But he's totally different than Spieler mm -hmm. because he has his old, he's a little bit more on the personal training side. And how's that business, right? And then you have me where, where I'm coming in on multiple locations, just a different, different, different blend. I think that's really cool that you gathered those speakers. I, I didn't. I didn't recognize both those guys were going to be there. So who, what else? What else? Well, they act also during that first day, the people's favorite part is you get to sit down attendees. You get to sit down and have lunch with a speaker of your choice. Uh, first come, first serve with ticket sales is how we determine that. And it's just you're one attendee. So 11, 12 total people with a speaker going more in depth and bringing their own issues to the table and saying, Hey Jason, I'm struggling with this. What do you think? Right. And you can really dive in with people and help them to troubleshoot in a small group setting. You get to do that every day of the summit. Um, every attendee has that opportunity. And we also, um, have a networking that night where okay. people can come hang out. Uh, speakers are, will be a part of it. Can, also come and just meet other owners that are hungry like yourself, you know, yeah. and that, that really have those goals and, and build connections that are going to outlast just those two days at the summit. You know, we've done several different events through the NC fit collective and I'm not in the consulting business, but we put on these events just to kind of share information. And one of the biggest things is, you know, people come to hear information but what they really gather, I think even more of it is they meet people and they start resonating and they start realizing I'm not the only one going yeah. through this same problem. Right. Yeah. And I think that's really, really cool. I, I, I would say I would make an argument that like those evening sessions are potentially even more important than these lecture sessions. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause you really get that connection. So, so how about day two? What happens? We've got the next morning. There's a, if people want to participate, a local gym in Portland is hosting an early morning workout to get our brains going. And then we'll um, welcome you back to the day with Miranda and Julian Alcaraz. Okay. And they're going to be coming in and talking about building community through social media. And they're also going to be sharing, which I'm really excited to, to learn and take lots of notes during this part, the trends that they see why people are leaving their brick and mortars and going to their online community. Yeah. So that's going to be fascinating. Yeah. Super fascinating. Yeah. And then Jay Williams with two brain business is going to come in and speak on working on yourself versus working on the business. Okay. And the interplay of that. And then we've got JP who's going to be talking about the five R's and how, <sighs> yeah, <laughs> it'll be a good day. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot. And so again, there's lunch that, that second day. And if you guys are quick at math, you're probably figuring out how did 12 people per lunch and six speakers that doesn't, add up. You are correct. We are bringing in actually some extra people, um, additional people to host the lunch intensives to make sure we get these really small groups. So Stu Brower is going to be there hosting a lunch table. Jim Crowell from OPEX is going to be there hosting a table. Tori Mosetter, who's amazing at sales. He's from outside of the industry. He has millions of dollars in sales. He's going to be hosting a table. I'm going to be talking about how to coach employees through behavior changes. If people want to sit with me, and then Stephen Hitt, 
from CrossFit Industrious is going to be talking about building a brand that shines in a crowded space. And then we even have Brand Method X is going to be coming in and helping us understand why you should or even should not have a kids program. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, I mean, listen, I mean, I think uh, Miranda and Julian coming in and talking about, um, you know, building a brand through social, I think is a really cool topic of conversation, especially asking, hey, where are these members leaving from? Mm -hmm. And um, regardless if you go to the summit or not, um, I think we should capture some content from that conversation. So I think it's really powerful. We should share with the community in general. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, guys, look, I'm excited to go to this event. I, if you are in the Portland area, you, you, it's like almost mandatory. You have to go. If you're not in the Portland area and you're going to be traveling in, um, actually these guys have, have offered to do something really cool. So if we're going to have a landing page set up, right. And do we know what that is yet or not yet? Yes. The iron and mortar summit forward slash Jason. Okay. So iron and mortar summit.com. Yeah. Uh, Forward slash Jason.com. Forward slash Jason.com. Are you sure it's not dot com slash four? It might be. It that. might be. Yeah. <laughs> so, this isn't what I do. That part. Yeah. So, so guys, I'm pretty sure it's ironandmortarsummit.com <laughs> slash Jason. Yeah. I'll go ahead and leave it in some notes. But if you go there and you basically sign up for their email list, um, someone is going to be randomly selected to attend um, the seminar, which yeah. is really cool, and um, have lunch with me. So, so I think the the reason for my conversation today was really to, to highlight a couple of different topics, which I think we've touched base on, and then also share about your guys' summit. There's a lot of different things going on in the industry. What I like about what you guys are doing is you're bringing in a group of different experts to speak on different things that they have shown success in. I think that's really, really important because yeah. no one's going to be killing the game at everything, but someone's going to have a little something special, right? You know, um, for example, Julian, you know, or... Parks talk about collaboration. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, Spieler is doing a bunch of different collaborations. I think that's important to speak on. Yeah. So, um, and just yeah. we're not we're, iron and mortar. We're not consultants, gym consultants. I just like to make that really clear. Like we don't consult. We don't ever want to consult. We're still learning what we're doing. We're just the little guy trying to put something cool together to invite everybody else to come be a part of, and are thankful that leaders are responsive to that. I love it. I love it. Well, guys, if you're looking to, um, you know, look, come out, have a beer, hang out, learn a ton of information. I'd love to see you there. I know they'd love to see you there. And, um, I'm really, I really appreciate you guys, um, flying down, hanging out with me today, checking out our gym. And, um, if people wanted to find out more information about you guys or the the businesses, just iron and mortar, um, the iron and mortar summit.com. And you can find us at iron and mortar on Facebook and Instagram. The Iron and Mortar Summit. The Iron and Mortar Summit on Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. The Iron and Mortar Summit.com. Correct. Love it. Well, guys, I hope everybody has a phenomenal day and uh, let's keep rising the tides. All right, all right, all right. So I hope you enjoyed that episode. And I hope you had a chance to check out the Iron and Mortar Summit.com. And if you want to check it out, backslash Jason. Now, before we end this top conversation, just want to let you know, if you're out there programming, stressing out a little bit, please let us know. I'd love to have you try out the NC Fit Collective session plans and programming. I believe we're putting out the best product in the market with a variety of programs. All we need to do, shoot us an email to collective at nc.fit. All right, guys, let's keep rising the tides, keep doing your thing, and I'll see you again next week for another episode of the Business of Fitness podcast.